the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. All of this repetition uh, on the same subjects of sin and unrepentance and judgment, uh, this repetition like this, it shows us just how important these things are to God and how concerned He is about these things. And so we should be concerned about them too. We should be concerned about our sin and repenting of it when we do sin. And we should be mindful of the judgment of God that is to come for each of us. The Bible tells us to be concerned about the things that God is also concerned about. One thing that God is primarily concerned about is sin and the repercussions of sin. The Bible tells us that sin keeps us from God and His kingdom in heaven. And in today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you of the Lord's immeasurable love. God loves everyone, no matter the choices they've made, and wants all of His children to be with Him. Sin separates you from the Lord, but there isn't a point of no return. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. to be in Jeremiah chapter 17. We're also going to look at uh, Ezekiel 36, if you want to find that in your Bible as well. Going into chapter 17, uh, the Lord continues to speak against uh, the sin of Judah and their unwillingness to repent of their sins and the impending judgment that will come because they are unrepentant. And um, the Lord, the Lord has uh, talked about this continually throughout the book of Jeremiah, uh, and and you can maybe get the sense of like, okay, we get it. You know, they're they're, they're sinning, they're rebelling, they're not repenting. You're going to judge them for it. Um, but all of this repetition uh, on the same subjects of sin and unrepentance and judgment. Uh, this repetition like this, it shows us just how important these things are to God and how concerned He is about these things. And so we should be concerned about them too. We should be concerned about our sin and repenting of it when we do sin. And we should be mindful of the judgment of God that is to come for each of us. You know, and we can, we can do like what the children of Judah did, what the people of Judah did, is they just kind of dismissed it all, uh, or they disagreed and said, well, it's not really that important, or it's not really that bad, or it doesn't really matter. Uh, It does matter to God, and it's important to Him. Uh, And so we want these things to be equally as important 
uh, to us. Uh, So in verse 1 now of chapter 17, it says, The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron or a chisel. With the point of a diamond, it is engraved on the tablet of their heart. Judah's sin is engraved on their heart. In other words, their sin is permanent. It's permanently in their heart. Uh, it's, it's not something that can be removed at, at this point. It's engraved there. If you think about it, if you were to uh, carve something on a piece of stone with a chisel, if you were maybe writing an inscription on stone, uh, and you're spelling a word, and you misspell the word, uh, you, you can't erase it when you're carving it in stone with a chisel. You know, the, the only thing you can do is scrap that piece of stone and get a new piece of stone and start over. Well, the hearts of the people of Judah are ruined by their sin. It's been engraved on their hearts. The only fix for Judah now is to receive a new heart. To receive a new heart. To start over with a new heart. And that's what the people need. They need a new heart. And that's what God will promise them uh, in chapter 31. If you want to turn over to chapter 31 for me. Chapter 31, Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Verse 33, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so here now God promises to make a new covenant with Israel, and it will not be like the old covenant. Uh, Not that there is anything wrong with the old covenant. The issue is not with the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant is holy, just, and good. The issue is with man's heart. Man is sinful. Man is rebellious. So man broke the Old Covenant, even though God was a faithful husband to Israel. They broke the covenant. Uh, He says in verse 33, again, with this new covenant, he will put the law in their mind, He will write it on their hearts. And so with this new covenant, the law will no longer be external. It will no longer just be written on tablets of stone. With the new covenant, it's a better covenant because God is now going to put the law into their hearts. If you look over in chapter 32, uh, verse 40. He says, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me. So there he promises he's going to put the fear of the Lord in their hearts, something they lack right now as a people. 
so he's promising this new covenant that he's going to make. This is where we get the idea of the old covenant and the new covenant, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Uh, the old covenant, you have the law, it's external. It's up to the individual to keep the law in his own power, his own strength, his own ability. But what we've discovered is with going through the Old Testament, we see that man is sinful, his bent is towards rebellion. And so man is not keeping that old covenant. He's failing. He's failing to keep it. So now God promises to make a new covenant. That's a better covenant with better promises. Uh, Turn with me over to Ezekiel chapter 36 and we'll look at a couple more verses about this new covenant. Ezekiel 36, beginning in verse um, 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. There it is, a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your father. So here with this new covenant, God promises with the new covenant that he will give them a new heart. And that's what they need. They need a new heart. Because their, uh, their, other, their, their old heart is marred by sin. It's wrecked by sin. They need a new heart. And he says he will give them a new heart. He's going to put his law into their heart. So now it's internal. And then he says also that he will put his spirit within them. He'll put a new spirit within you, and that new spirit will, uh, will cause them to walk in God's statutes and keep his commandments. This is why the new covenant's a better covenant. Because now God is putting in us, in the new covenant, he puts in us the ability to do it. Old covenant, it's all on you. Here's the law, you keep it, you'll be blessed. You break it, you'll be cursed. New covenant, he says, I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And my spirit will cause you now to walk in my ways. Now I'm going to put in you the ability to do it. So that you don't have to do it on your own. Now the spirit will do it in you and through you. As you just walk in the spirit, you yield to the spirit. And allow the spirit to control. Then the spirit will guide you and lead you and direct you into God's ways. So it's a, it's a better covenant. God now uh, puts, puts in us the enablement to follow him. In, in the new covenant, God makes every, it's everything new. You know, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away. Everything is made new. We get a new heart. Uh, Jesus described it as being born again. This is what he was talking about when he talked about being born again by the Spirit. You know, this new covenant where you, have a, you receive a new heart, new life, and the Holy Spirit dwelling in you to help you and enable you to walk in God's ways. Now go back to Jeremiah chapter 17. 
Jeremiah 17, we have uh, verse 2 is a very sobering verse. Uh, Look at what it says in verse 2. It says, while their children remember their altars and their wooden images by the green trees and on the high hills. And what he's talking about here is their idolatry. And he's saying here that their idolatry left an impression on the children. Their idolatry left an impression on their children. Their children uh, saw the hypocrisy of their parents. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. The sin of their parents and the children were affected by the sin of their parents. And understand, just as a reminder of what's going on in Judah at this time, the people of Judah, they're still worshiping Yahweh. They're still going to the temple. They're still keeping the sacrifices to Yahweh. They're still keeping the feasts, but they're also worshiping idols. They're worshiping idols as well. And so what we see here in verse 2 is what the children remember about their parents, what the children remember is not the worship of Yahweh at the temple in Jerusalem. The children remember their parents' idolatry. They remember their parents' idolatry. Their children remember their their altars and their wooden images by the green trees on the high hills where they would have these uh, places of, of worship to worship the idols. The children remember the, the hypocrisy of the parents. Phoniness. That's what leaves a lasting impression on the kids. And I think that's a that's a you know it's a warning for us that are parents. You know, our children most most likely are going to remember the hypocrisy more than the faithfulness. And so it's important for us to not be hypocrites. It's important for us to, to not be phony about our Christianity. What they'll remember is, you know, mom and dad going to church on Sunday mornings and, and acting like these good, wonderful, perfect Christians and acting like we were a perfect Christian family. And then the rest of the week, dad did this or mom did that. And, and it was all just an act. It was all just phoniness. Kids will remember the hypocrisy. Now, that doesn't mean that we are to be perfect parents. There's a difference between hypocrisy uh, and imperfection, falling short. But this, this, is, this is talking about being one thing at church on Sunday morning and being something entirely different 
away from church. And that's what the kids remember. He goes on in verse 3 to say, O my mountain and the field, I will give as plunder your wealth, all your treasures, and your high places of sin within all your borders, and you even yourself shall let go of your heritage which I gave you, and I will cause you to serve your enemies in the land which you do not know, for you have kindled a fire and my anger which shall burn forever. He's, he's talking here about Jerusalem. That's my mountain in the field. And he's describing uh, the, the consequences uh, for their continued rebellion and sin against God. Disobedience will result in punishment unless you repent. Right? If we repent, right? If we repent, God forgives us of our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us of our sin and all of our unrighteousness. We get a new start with God. The moment we repent, we're forgiven. But if a person continues in the rebellion and continues in their sin, continues in disobedience, disregards God's word, uh, there's punishment. God will punish them. And Jerusalem and Judah will be punished. Uh, Her riches will be taken away. The people will be carried off as slaves to Babylon. Now look at verse 5. Verses 5 through 8 are uh, wonderful illustrative verses here. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert, And shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man, so we have a contrast here, who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, which speaks of stability. And will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and it will be and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Uh, So these these verses tell us of two ways to live there. You could you can trust in human resources or you can trust in God's resources The person who makes man his strength or trusts in human resources, he describes as like a shrub out in the desert that is growing in salted soil. In other words, this person's life will be barren, dried up, unattractive. Uh, And and salted soil means that they're going to struggle just to survive, just to get by. In contrast, there's the person who makes God his strength and trusts in God's resources, that person will be like a tree that is planted by the waters. It sounds like uh, Psalm 1, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. This person will be blessed. They will have life. They'll have fruitfulness. They'll have strength. They'll have stability. They'll they'll flourish even in the drought, even in the heat. 
They'll be able to endure life's adversities. In short, the difference here between the person who trusts in man and his own flesh and his own ability and himself and the person who trusts in, in God is the difference between a cursed life and a blessed life. A life that flourishes and a life that just struggles to get by. Now verse 9, verse 9 is one of the best known verses in the book of Jeremiah and even in all of the Bible really. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He says the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is the most deceptive thing in the world. Your heart and my heart are the most deceptive things we'll ever encounter in life. Your heart will deceive you more than anyone else will ever deceive you. My heart will deceive me more than anyone else will deceive me. Our hearts will lie to us more than any other any person will ever lie to us. Your heart will lie to you. My heart will lie to me. Our hearts will try to deceive us. You know the 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 popular opinion or the popular worldview today is that people are basically good and that their heart is basically good, but that's not what the Bible says. That's not the worldview of the Bible. The Bible tells us that that man by nature is sinful and rebellious and man's heart is deceptive. Man's heart is is wicked. If, If man is basically good, the world would be filled with goodness. And it's not. It's filled with sin. It's filled with wickedness. And that's because the heart of every person is deceptive above all things. The word deceptive here, it means, uh, it, it has the idea of being sly and it has the idea of, of uh, being tricky or trickery. Our, our own heart, your heart will deceive you. Your own heart will trick you. Right? Your heart will, will trick you into believing that something that is wrong is right. And something that is right is wrong. And your heart will convince you that it's okay. That it's okay for you to do this. It it tricks us. Our heart lies to us. Right? Your heart is a liar. (laughs) My heart is a liar. Again, you hear people say things like, you know, just just do what's in your heart or, or follow your heart. Your heart's a liar. Your heart is a deceiver. You you would not give that same counsel to someone if you would not tell them to blindly follow a person who has been a habitual liar and a habitual deceiver and has tricked you in the past. You wouldn't say, "Well, just just do whatever they tell you to do." I know they've got this long history of lying to you and tricking you and deceiving you, but just just do whatever they tell you to do with this major life decision. But that's what we tell people to do with their heart. The heart's desperately wicked. He asked- 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we can be a part of it and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice, and it only takes Rings true.